The following podcast is a production of the LAG. Creepy Pete and Chili Cheese J present. Alright, so, uh. This is just to, um. Prove to you that I'm not lying about this game that I found out. Okay, so there's a bit of weirdness. I should not have felt doubt. What the f- Pet Scout, a lame-ass gamers network investigation. That's a dead kid. This is just luck that I happen to find this. The video begins with something most gamers, especially of my generation, are familiar with. The startup intro that occurs on all games released on the original PlayStation. It, as of now, is the first and last time we'll see the startup utilized in Petscop. Next, we witness what appears to be some symbol zooming into the screen accompanied by an ominous tone, only to be revealed as an uppercase G that then spells out Garolina, presented horizontally in dark blue with a darkish white background. We are led to presume that this is either the creative company behind the game, perhaps the publisher, maybe both. As the title screen reveals itself with the Petscop title teeter-tottering around a gift box, a cloudy setting scrolling to the right down a fenced-in road, a jaunty welcoming tune, and accompanied by a 1997 Garolina copyright text at the bottom of the screen. We are audibly introduced to our player of this mysterious PlayStation 1 game. Alright, so, uh, this is just to, um, prove to you that I'm not lying about this game that I found. I'm just gonna walk you through everything that I've seen so far. So what we have here is your usual Let's Play YouTube video of a game, the likes of which are beyond common on the platform. He starts a new save file and inputs the name we will now know him by. He will simply be known as Paul. So as we're ready to dive into this rabbit hole that is Petscop, I'll hand it over to Creepy Pete to be your navigator through these first three Petscop videos. We see a character sprite, Paul, no arms, yellow skin, wide open blank eyes, a red mouth that's similar to a bird's beak, dressed in a dark green shirt, brown pants, and oversized bare feet. Paul makes his way east down a road, the setting immersed in a hazy white fog as giant sign over the road comes into viewing letting him know that this is the gift plane. Paul stops at a pink sign as a question mark pops up and reads it. The gift plane has closed indefinitely, and all personnel have left. If you are unaware, the gift plane provided homes to over a hundred pets. Unfortunately, we have failed to remove all of the pets from their homes. 48 pets remain here at the time of writing. We would strongly encourage you to visit our eight homes and find some friends to take with you. Every pet is uniquely valuable. You should have no problem finding somebody that you love. Signed, The Gift Plane Staff. Paul then explains that The Gift Plane is seemingly unfinished, but there is much more to experience. And uh, the first level is over here. I'm just going to keep going a bit here so you can see that. 
the game is apparently unfinished because there's nothing over here. I'm just gonna show you the, the one and only level. This actually is not the interesting part, but I'm just uh, gonna show you, I'm gonna walk you through all this so you can see that this is exactly what I described. Paul enters a building in this seemingly happy landscape known as Evencare. The walls pink and purple with a soothing blue carpet. He first sees a picture on a wall that gives him a prompt to take notice. It reads, It's a picture of two friends, Toneth and Randis. Are they not cute? Give them a chance. As Paul moves into the next room, he finds and collects random objects before coming across a door. Upon trying to open the door, he is met with the statement, This door is locked, or not, but you don't know how to open doors. Paul moves to the left and walks through an open door in the next room, a sign states, When you're choosing a pet, find somebody that you like. You don't have to love them right away. Don't be discouraged if they run from you. They really do want a home. They're afraid. Show them that there's nothing to be afraid of. The next room contains the game's first pet, Amber, shaped like a ball with red eyes and wearing a green hat. Contained within a cage, a trophy sits in the center of the room, adorned with the inscription. Awarded to our Amber for being a real champ yesterday and today. She hasn't left her cage once. Paul pulls the lever to open the cage on the left side of the room, but as he approaches, Amber jumps into the cage on the right side. Paul opens the right cage as Amber escapes capture again. Paul learns that locking himself in the left cage tricks the pet into jumping back into the left side. Thus, Paul has captured his first pet. Paul proceeds into the next room, on the right, to find the next pet, Rona. Paul shows us that as he approaches the tall bird-like figure, it moves back, then levitates above to avoid capture. And so there's actually, there's another pet over here. I can't catch this one. I've tried. This is always what happens. So I don't know what's up with that one. Paul pauses the game and shows us the pets page containing those he has caught. Amber's description mysteriously reads, Amber is a young ball. She is afraid to leave home. If her home is good, this is not a problem. She is very heavy and that makes her life a little harder, as well as yours. What's the safest place you can put her in? You should start thinking about that. Paul backtracks, then heads south into a room with piano keys and clones of his game sprite. He explains how to solve the puzzle and captures a pet that sits on the keyboard. Pen, who has no legs, floats above the keys of the keyboard and holds a white orb in her right hand. Paul collects more objects that are strewn throughout the game and proceeds to the left into a room with a patch of grass, a bucket, and two pets. The red flower named Randis and Wavy, a rain cloud with two eyes and a mouth. Paul uses the bucket to block where Randis would pop up on the right patch of grass, leading Wavy to be captured in the bucket, and Randis wither from not being watered and captured as well. Paul explains how he's not captured all the pets he can, and he's got something to share with whoever he's creating this video for. Now I'm going to show you the part that's actually interesting. Alright, so I still can't catch this guy. The reason we're here is because in the note that came with this, uh, which is short, the first line in all capital letters, I'm going to read it, it says, I walked downstairs, and when I got to the bottom, 
Instead of proceeding, I turned the right and became a Shadow Monster Man. Below that, a date, uh, June 13th, 1997. For you, colon. Please go to my website on the sticker, and also go to Roneth's room, and press start, and press down, 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 right, start. So I happen to know that this is Roneth's room, because it works, so I go here. I'm just gonna do this now. Uh, so what is it? Down, 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 right, start. Alright. So you can see that it accepted it and the music stopped. I'm just gonna go out this way here. Paul proceeds to the right through the rooms of Evencare. As he exits the building, he's no longer in the haze of the gift plane, but in a dark, grassy area. The colorful building he had entered is now just a small brick structure with a gray door. Paul meanders aimlessly, hoping to find something eventually, when the video abruptly cuts mid-sentence. After a few seconds of a black screen, we are greeted with Paul's sprite, standing at a cellar door on the grassy plain. Dimly lit, seemingly, by Paul himself. Petscop's first video ends in Paul engaging with whoever this video is meant for, asking the viewer to let him know if they saw something in the video he might have missed. Hey, so I was talking about how I couldn't find anything out here. Well, I just found this. Last time I came out here, I was walking around in this space here for over an hour, and this time I find this in uh, less than 15 minutes. So, this is just luck that I happen to find this. We begin the second mysterious set of Petscop footage with Paul facing away from us, staring off into the grassy, dark, endless void he has recently discovered. Immediately to his left sits his previously mentioned discovery as he has been exploring this part of the game. Paul stands completely still beside the cellar door for about 16 seconds when out of nowhere, a rewarding jingle echoes through the empty void and the door swings open. After this silence is broken and the new entrance is revealed, we quickly cut to black for about a second. When we return, Paul is now facing the left and standing in front of this wooden passage, seemingly leading underground. Paul seems excited and understandably a little nervous about the coincidences of his find, as he claims he wasn't in the room at the time the door opened. Hey, so, uh, the door opened on its own. I was just in the other room for a couple of minutes, and I came back and the door was open, and I checked the recording, because I was recording, and the door just opens on its own. I didn't do anything. So, I'll take it, right? So I'm going to show you what's in here now. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, this could be interesting. He enters the cellar door, following a staircase leading down, and at the base of these stairs we are greeted by a few pieces. Paul collects these pieces and wanders through the room he has discovered. It is a mostly empty room, with a strange set of what looks like clocks on the right-hand wall. Following the same wall with these clocks, Paul also finds what looks to be a furnace, or some kind of shaking ventilation leading up to the surface. Strangely enough, when Paul first enters this area, the only thing above ground was the staircase leading to this structure. The vicinity around it appeared to be void of anything. Paul follows a doorway to the left, and as he's walking through this cold, dim corridor, we hear a phone ringing as Paul approaches the next room. 
Paul enters what looks to be some kind of office. Had it not been underneath this strange empty plane above, you wouldn't think much of it. We can see filing cabinets and a desk. A chair for someone to sit, and on the desk is a large black ringing phone, jumping off its hook, demanding Paul's attention. As Paul approaches and answers the phone, we see the following dialogue show up. Care has left the room. What is this? Mystified by the phone's cryptic message, turning to the right to view the memo board next to the wall. On it is a suspicious and shocking note showing three stages of a girl. A, B, N, L, M. Girl A seems normal. Girl B has some shaggy hair and appears to be distressed. Finally, the last girl has the same distressed hair with her hands over her face, clearly very upset and distraught. This girl has the letters NLM next to her. Paul looks at the note briefly before leaving the room as there is nothing left in there to explore. Paul finds himself in another meandering corridor with pictures on the wall at various points. First, he is greeted by a picture of a small green house, a structure we have yet to see, but based on the painting, it appears to be somewhere in the endless and empty overworld above. Paul continues exploring and finds two more paintings. The first is of what looks to be a large brick school building, and the second is a large windmill. Where are these structures? They appear to sit in the same dark and grassy plain we have seen above. Paul finds himself in another corridor. This time, we can see cars speeding through the center of the corridor at lightning speed. Where are they coming from? All we can see is a small opening in the wall halfway through. Paul doesn't seem to notice these cars at all, even with their very prominent sound as they zip through. When Paul is in the path of these cars, they don't seem to spawn. It's as if they don't exist. However, as he gets out of the path, another flies through the moment Paul is out of the way. Paul continues to move right in this corridor and through a doorway leading to a courtyard. Paul apologizes for not speaking too much and immediately after he approaches a gravestone. Sorry for not talking very much. I'm a little bewildered if you want to know the truth. This is a little more than I was expecting to see. This grave has big wide eyes on the front of it and the depiction of a present on top of it. The headstone reads, Michael Hammond, 1988-1995. Mike was a gift. That's a dead kid. Yep. Next to the grave, we can see what looks like a shed of some kind with a normal door entrance and a familiar cellar entrance with another pair of eyes and a small nose directly above it. Paul enters the doorway and is greeted by a gigantic, welcoming flower with white petals erupting from a hole in the ceiling below. As Paul picks the petals off, the flower appears to sink. Wait. Paul leaves three petals before leaving and walking down the cellar door. He is greeted this time to a platform with the girl we saw in the note in the office. This girl's sprite appears to be the same one labeled NLM. She is sitting atop this dirt platform, crying and shaking, alone in this empty shed and seemingly not knowledgeable of Paul's presence. Paul circles the room before leaving and going back to pluck the remaining petals. As he returns to the room below, the platform has been lowered and the NLM sprite is now red and shaking more violently, glitching and distorting. 
Paul approaches her, but his sprite just passes right through hers. Okay. As if there's a reason he can't interact with her. Yet. Uh, wait. I don't know. So when I first came down here, I thought I was just gonna see, like, one room. Uh, like something, but not this. Paul walks to the right of the shed and discovers a claustrophobic dirt hallway leading to another room hidden beyond the shed. In this room, we see trees displayed in pots, and between them, children's drawings of a strange hourglass shape in a bright ocean blue crayon color. A similarly shaped object is sitting in the center of an adjacent room. This one, though, is a salmon color, completely still and just seemingly on display. As Paul approaches, he is prompted to ask it a question. He types in, what? And the tool responds with, I don't know. The answer bobbing around, the text appearing to be drawn in crayon and in the same salmon color. Paul walks past this foreign entity and sees the plane above and the windmill depicted in the painting, turning as if we are looking through a window right at it. As Paul walks away, the entity in the same crayon text says, keep watching the windmill. Paul is stunned and confused, but returns to the view of the windmill. This time, an ominous low tone rings through the game. Oh. When nothing else happens, Paul moves on from this eerie encounter, while it now sounds as if he is talking specifically to someone. There's already been stuff that I could dig a little deeper into, and I'm going to do that uh, and keep you updated. Uh, but also, uh, when you come home next month, and uh, hopefully you're feeling a little more enthusiastic about that now, we can investigate this together, and maybe you'll find stuff that I can't find here. Paul then enters another room, this one unlike anything we have seen. It seems to be a bedroom, but on the floor, Quitter's Room is written backwards. The room is split in the middle with Quitter's Room written normally on the other side. Paul being on the mirrored side of this beyond mysterious room, we see another sprite, this one just like Paul, but with a poorly crayon-drawn girl's face in black and white, mimicking all of Paul's movements like a mirror would. Suddenly, as Paul walks behind the bookcase, we hear a familiar jingle, and they fall out of sync for just a moment. Uh, what the fuck? Wait a second, what was that just now? Can I get that to happen again? Wait, uh... Hey, sir, I had to look at that for a moment. Uh, in the video. I was a little nervous. Uh, the tones, I think this is the same tones, uh, that you might have heard in the beginning. I'm gonna put in the beginning the part where the door opened. And also the way the guy on the other side was moving for a moment. I'm gonna ask for your comment later on that. So I was looking around here, so... This is backwards, it says, uh, do you remember being born? Um, and this just says quitter's room. So interestingly, I'm on the uh, reverse side. 
here. Uh, yeah, okay, so... Moving on. Paul leaves this area and returns back to the void above, where he paces around the entrance for a little bit before stopping. Alright, so I'm gonna stop this now, actually. We start off episode 3 with Paul back in the underground cellar where he explains he forgot to explore a certain part. In this part, we see stone letters taking up the front wall, spelling good grief and alas, along with more pieces for Paul to collect. On the far right of this room, we see a small red brick building with a door and a drop-off window. The window rotates a door over and Paul understands he needs to put something there. He enters the door into this brick building and is met with a blank easel, and in front of him, another doorway just passed. However, this door appears to be sealed. Paul interacts with the easel and is given a choice of eyes to select, and as he makes his choices, he's given the next option of facial features, such as eyebrows and noses. He is confused and just enters in a random face, and upon completion, the sound of heavy stones grinding against each other plays and the whole room shakes while Paul leaves and resets the puzzle, thinking he made a mistake. This is just flat out a full game I'm playing now. I don't think I was supposed to do that. Yeah. He constructs a new face and discovers he needs to wait. As the room shakes, the pathways are turning. He enters the newly opened doorway to a child's room. A somber hue of blue illuminates the room, and on the nightstand next to the bed is an eight ball from a pool table and a toy red truck. Above the stand, we can see a box with the face Paul created on the easel displayed. There appears to be a child sitting on the bed with his head mournfully down, and unable to interact. It's as if Paul isn't even in the room. Paul then goes back to retry the easel and enter a new face. This new face spawns a room shaded in a deep violet with smiling faces and strange shapes on the carpet. Once again, above the nightstand, we see the face Paul entered, but it appears to be another kid's room altogether. The nightstand in this room has a Pez container and a Rubik's Cube sitting on it, and it appears a girl is sitting on the bed. Paul then shows us a couple more rooms generated by the easel. The screen cuts back to the courtyard with the grave and shed, both of these displaying faces that look like they can be put on the easel. So anything uh, look familiar here? Yeah. Yeah, so... Probably we're supposed to try these out, put in these faces, and see uh, what we get. So, start with this one. When entering the face on the grave, the easel prompts, Mike is not here right now. He is dead. You may visit his room. As the building shakes and the familiar sound of heavy foundation is shifting, preparing the room for Paul. So this is the room, responding to the face on the grave stone. In Mike's room, we see we see the same salmon-colored hourglass object sitting on his nightstand. This one is much smaller and just laying down beside a pair of tweezers. The room, a calming dim brown with an empty bed on the left. 
Next, Paul enters the face on the shed onto the easel and it prompts him, Care is missing. You may visit her room. As Paul enters Care's room, it is a depressing gray color, also devoid of a child on the bed. On her nightstand, we see the same object in Mike's room as the entity who prompted Paul to ask it questions. Although instead of a pair of tweezers, we see a box of crayons resting beside it. Paul discovers a note next to the bed that reads, Your wife says, cares in growing eyebrows. You say, that's a puzzle. You're secretly very excited to hear this news. You're in the bathtub thinking about her. I have a guess at which child you'll pick next. When you find her room, the passage to my right will lead to her. She'll appear from the darkness limping, and I'll shoot her in the head. Tiara says young people can be psychologically damaged beyond rebirthing. A young person walks into your school building. They walk in with you. You're holding their hand. They come out crying into their hands because nobody will love them, not ever again. Nobody loves me. They wander, the new maker plane. The third Petscott video concludes as Paul begins to theorize his own growing skepticisms of what this video game he's found could possibly be. I'm not sure what to say about that, but I'm wondering now. Remember the note that came with this game? It said for you it was for you and this note is referring to the player it's saying you and I was already thinking this but it seems like uh, it's possible this game was made well this part of the game was made for somebody to see or at least at some point it was uh, I don't know I don't know it just seems like there is it was intended for somebody not me certainly uh, okay. We're still not done, because we still have whatever's over here. Or not. Okay. So, okay. I'll just end this here, then. Yeah, we can't. This is we, so hard we, to do. We're going to get way too in-depth. Okay, so this this part, this introduction podcast here See, we is know really everything. challenging. Yeah, because <laughs> Chili Cheese Jay and I have watched these episodes multiple times from start to finish. Uh, every single one of them. And we've been super excited to get into this podcast. And we're right now, like, we hope you understand that the challenges that we're faced with right now is we don't want to get too ahead of ourselves and only cover the first three here. We just want to make sure that this is going at an even pace. Yeah, because there's going to be a lot of people who listen to this who have never watched Pat Scott before. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's unfortunate. I would highly recommend you to watch them all before listening to this. This but is how we should have started the pod or this portion of the podcast. Is with that like <laughs> with little this, introduction. Yeah. yeah. It's the... It's challenging because we don't want to get too far ahead and we're very eager to talk about our own perspectives and our own theories. Uh, however, Petscop is really in-depth and as we go through these episodes, you'll find out. And there's not a whole lot we can really delve into no, with just the first three episodes. A lot of stuff is still a mystery here. 
Um, I do have the note in specific that he had found. Um, if you feel that uh, you'd want to go through it, yeah, let's, let's do it. Um, let's do so it proper. The, the yeah, the note that Paul basically introduces this game with in episode one, where he's explaining that this isn't like a normal PlayStation game. This is a game that he found with some belongings, and later on that kind of changes a little bit. But he mentions that. This game came with a note, and the note states, word for word, I quote, I walked downstairs, and when I got to the bottom, instead of proceeding, I turned to the right and became a shadow monster man. This note was dated 6-13-1997, and it also had a, for you, please go to my website on the sticker, and also go to Rona's room and press start and press down, 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 right, start. And then, uh, yeah, it, it gets more into some spoilers just like past that. So I don't, I don't want to. Uh, I'm cautious treading down that territory. Such a cryptic beginning to what becomes an insanely cryptic series of videos. And that's just it. Whoever's behind this and is creating this content is a genius. They've been running like Chili Cheese J said for a little over a year and some change now. And we still have no clue who they are. Not a clue. Where they're from, they have not monetized these videos, which, holy shit, the amount of money they would have been making off of these videos oh, is yeah. insane. Like, I almost have, like, in the back of my head, I have to think they have some kind of secret deal with YouTube to where they're still monetized <laughs> somehow. But they can still make it mysterious yeah. enough to not monetize but it. Because it, it's definitely attention grabbing. Yeah. I mean, people are going crazy over this. And I guess we should say uh, uh, the whole idea that I think they were like th maybe three videos in and when someone mysteriously posted a, po a po posted something to a, a Reddit uh, before there was a Petscop subreddit um, saying very cryptically, here's a series of videos. You'll have much to find in them or something along those lines. And you can find it in the, uh, the progress document on the Petscop Reddit. But that was like kind of like what triggered the attention really turning towards it. And I, get, I think I read on the progress document someone posted on 4chan as well, but that very well could have been just someone taking what they read on whatever Reddit that was. It could have been. I find it really interesting that they specify in the comprehensive document. I'm almost positive. I've been trying to find it, but I'm just brushing past it. But they do mention somewhere that it was just a throwaway Reddit account. It was created specifically... Like, that was the only post that they could find, and that that Reddit user was never interacting with Reddit again after that. I'm trying to find it, because I have the... I don't know why oh, I wasn't doing this before. Table of contents <laughs> yeah. right there on your... Yeah, that... Yeah, I will say iOS is... Uh, the first known public mention of Petscop was on April 8th, 2017, and the only post made by a throwaway Reddit account named... Uh, I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's spelled P-A-L-E-S-K-O-W-I-T-Z. Paleskowitz. Many believe the creator of Petscop were the ones who made the post. Notably, the title of the post says, There's something hiding in it. The ARG flare was added by a moderator post um, the message being posted onto this Reddit. At the time, at <clears throat> at the time that Reddit post was created, only Petscop one through four had been released. Okay, 
Then the earliest mention of Petscop on 4chan was two days after that Reddit post on April 10th. This post was most likely made by someone who saw the Reddit post, but it's possible the creator of Petscop were also using 4chan to get the web series out there. Um, which, if you want to go, if you want to find a bunch of people who are willing to dig deep into something, go to 4chan. <laughs> oh yeah, 4chan and Reddit are definitely the two heavy hitters of people who can honestly surprise you in any circumstance. I mean, the amount of time and effort that went into this comprehensive document. Th- this has been my Bible for the past four or five, yeah, six months. Yeah, it's such an amazing tool, which is what ma- is making these early episodes very difficult to do this post-analysis portion of the podcast because we've sifted through all that. And we don't want to give anything away, again, to the people who haven't li- watched the Petscop videos yet. So, you know, not to, you know, beat a dead horse, but that's why this initial episode is very difficult with the whole the the analyzing portion so but we're trying to get through it we're trying to give you something to listen to (laughs) we're trying to set down a solid foundation here and that way as we go through the other episodes in our our podcast and break them down grouping them together in twos and threes um it'll be a lot easier for us to share new information and we can say oh okay we can tie this back because petscop has a notorious history of uh, just everything's linked to something yeah. like with the whole c- color theory thing i mean that's that's hard to talk about right now because we don't have all of the colored text we just have a few names that have that are in color whereas down the road that's going to change and the color theory will be a huge part of of petscop and revealing things or as we think are revealing things because again yeah we it's a lot of theorizing no yeah exactly a lot of viewers it the comprehensive document is like 50% red, which is all speculative. There's no hard evidence for it. Um, but theories that are agreed upon yeah, by a majority of people. They're definitely plausible. Because, I, mean, I mean, we can't even get into something like the child library very much. I mean, we can talk about how we can talk about what we might think it is because it's it's obviously just a big room that is almost turns into a labyrinth somehow because it's randomly generating rooms and all based on a face. I mean, it's like an endless possibility kind of thing that who knows how long would Paul say he like waited 10 minutes one time. Yeah. While the, all the shifting was going on between and the rooms specifically designed like that. So he wouldn't spam it. Yeah. Because the first time he went through it, he thought, Oh, I made a mistake. There's a sound playing, but nothing's happening. Um, which is probably what I would have thought too. If uh, you know you have the sound of all those stones grinding together, and nothing's really changed, and I'd think, oh, okay, maybe I messed up somewhere. I, w- we live in a day and age where instant gratification is right there in video game. That That's big actually, sound is going to come through. Nice. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> That's a good thing to bring up this whole instant gratification thing because, you know, people who are just getting into Petscop. Like, you know, because we came on board late, too. We didn't get into it till 2018 when we we weren't a part of the initial group that waited six months in between episodes. We became that later yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. But going we didn't from, start like that. Yeah, going, yeah. That, <laughs> the going from episode 13 to 14 was painful enough from, what was it, March till a couple weeks ago, which, I again, I say credit to us because those episodes came out a week after we announced we had this podcast. It was Christmas. <laughs> it was fucking Christmas. So, so credit Two to Creepy Pete and Chili Cheese Jay. We made, we, we made it happen. Kudos. Wait. Shout out to us. 
I definitely see what you're saying because I remember when you texted me and you were like, hey, do you know anything about this pet scop? And you were talking about how you were watching through these videos and getting in depth with it. Which was because of Pickle Captain Spencer. Who really? When, I yeah, didn't know that. When when I said that you had a creepypasta episode, he's like, is he doing pet scop? And I'm like, I don't know what that is. Yeah, I so. had no idea what it was. And you had just briefly mentioned it. And this and is now, before the network even started. Yeah, this is way before. And I was at work, and I thought, oh, I got a couple minutes. You know, most creepypastas are pretty fast reads, like 20 minutes apiece. So I went and I found a video, and I thought, okay, I don't really understand what's happening. And you had talked about how you were on the Reddit of it, and it was this big rabbit hole. I was reading through this, and I immediately just shut it down. I was like, I am so over my head with this. Yeah, I need to... I need to sit down and actually figure out what's going on. Because before the progress document, shout out to everyone involved in that. It's fucking amazing work. I I don't know how you guys yeah. deserve a, a high award. <laughs> it's unreal. A very high award. I mean, we got when we got into Doki Doki Literature Club, man. We were like, wow, this is deep. This compared to this, holy shit, barely scratches the surface of Pet and Scott. and just having gotten into it recently, even though it's been months now. I, you know, just it was fun to get to experience that initial excitement with everyone else now. Stuff that the people on Reddit have been doing, you know, since who knows when, when this thing probably. got huge. Yeah. Just imagine what it was like for them on Christmas Day when that episode after six months had come out. And that's what they get for Christmas is the new first Petscop episode in six months. I mean, that had to have been an insane moment to experience. When you wake up Christmas morning, turn. Turn on your iPhone and the notification comes up. And that's so, going to be a fun one to cover because that's like the first, what, 20, 30 yeah, minute that's long That's a long one. one. That's yeah. going to be an entire episode probably. So uh, we got our work cut out for us, which. <laughs> oh, yeah, we did. We found just even in the first three episodes, just making sure we didn't miss anything. I, we've been talking about this for a while. This has been in the works for at least what? Since, since the network's been around. Yeah, I mean. After, you know, we, because the Doki Doki Literature Club phenomenon lived on for a good couple months. And I think once that started to die down and we wanted, we needed something new, we kind of just meandered to Petscop. And we also wanted to give out, like, content because we yeah. did reach milestones. As a small, unknown podcasting network, we've grown quite a bit. That was going to be our, this is like, we started this, what, at our first thousand listens i think we initially wanted to start doing it at 1000 listens and we're, now, we're now well we're now we're well over 2000 yeah <laughs> so uh but again i don't think we realized how much work this was going to take to do this and uh but it's been fun the whole when i put that the the teaser for the the pet scop thing out and that's our most listened to thing on the podcast now. Yeah. Within 24 hours. Yeah, it became our most listened it to. It's only like off. a minute long, but I mean, thanks to everyone on Reddit for that. Um, I mean, and it's, you know, it's fun seeing like the first thing that popped up was like America and then like Finland, Russian Federation and like all over the world people are listening to it and stuff. So it's it's crazy. Yeah, it it's makes wild. me wonder, you know, how they came across us. Just a small unknown, Which, you know. Again, it's something, you know, since we cover nerd culture, you know, I'm not pigeonholing anyone into a, a term nerd, but it's there's a, it's called nerd culture. I mean, let's just say it. 
to not cover Petscop with what we're doing between creepy pastas and you know I'm into RPGs. And, I would say you got the gaming you know, side. I would of that. love to be able to do a podcast on ARGs, but that's just be that would be a rabbit hole that I don't need to get into right now because I'm I'm like you know a little overworked as it is when it comes to this podcast. Not complaining, but. It, um, it is a it's a it's a, another job yeah. is what it is it, it, that we're doing for good for, for, for good times yeah oh even it's though great. Thank, shout out to our patreons who have donated so um i mean what else is there i mean what else is there to say at this point um without revealing too much we can't it, we can't talk about the loading hard. screens yeah we can because uh, I believe one of the loading screens in episode one, see this, the problem with the loading screens is, and this is the things that you can find on the progress document. Um, the loading screens are very dark and you have to illuminate them to a just huge extent to even see what's there. And, and then half the time then, you can't even make yeah, it out. Exactly. There's a couple that are just, you can't see hardly anything. But one of them is the, the poorly drawn face of, uh, the reflection in the quitter's room or not the reflection because Paul is the reflection in quitter's room. The character that's in there that is walking in sync with him and everything. That is one of the loading screens. And, um, we won't get into the other loading screens cause they kind of tie into things down the road with pet when things start really getting heavy and, uh, it's gonna be fun to talk about. Oh yeah, <laughs> I can't uh, wait. Petscop throws surprises at you at every corner, and that's why if you're listening to this podcast, this podcast network, if you're a fan of our other shows, and you haven't delved into Petscop, I mean, we both highly recommend recommend you do that, especially if you're into shit like Doki Doki Literature Club oh, or Creepy right in general. I mean, that's why we're doing the narrative portion of this as the Creepy Pasta show. This because, is most definitely a modern day Creepy Pasta. Yeah. Yeah. Just like I explained when, when I introduced you to Doki Doki Lurch Club, I'm like, dude, it's creepypasta the game. And that couldn't have been a more fitting description. And this is this it, is this is kinda right there, but it's also it's got it it has a feel of an ARG, but it really isn't an ARG. Yeah, it, they they clearly don't want it to be an ARG. Or at least maybe they did it first and they're kinda stemming away from that. It's impossible not to dig into it. That's yeah. the thing. And you want there to be that website that he talks about in the note out there for you to find, like in an ARG. Yeah, because you want and to experience not. it too. Yeah. If I could play Petscop, I'd play it endlessly. Fuck yes. Endlessly. <laughs> I would be in the new maker plane right now. I'd quit my fucking job and just be a bomb. <laughs> I would just play Petscop all day. And they asked me what I'd do with my life, I'd say, well, I got a little bit further. And I wish I could expound upon that idea but we can't yet because there are things that yeah. we just can't talk about right now and it's unfortunate it's but we will get there <laughs> the patience is important we don't want to spill too much and this is all for you viewers or listeners i guess we highly recommend we've said it a million times go watch the videos all in all, it'd probably take you, what, two and a half hours yeah. to watch through all of them? The Maybe problem is that. you're going to want to watch it more than once because oh, you're, you're, going to, you're going to miss numerous things in there, which is why the progress document exists. I would still recommend even watching the videos before you delve into the progress document because you're just going to be overwhelmed with information if you go right to Reddit's progress document. And 
I was 84 pages of it. Yeah, I shut it. As soon as I went to the Reddit to figure out what I was watching, I mean, I was like, no, I need to sit down with this. This is not yeah. something I can just glance through. Because even when I discovered that, I hadn't watched the episodes back to back all the way through. I'd kind of just glanced at parts. Pieces. Yeah. yeah. And because it was, you know, it's it's overwhelming getting into it for the first time. It really is overwhelming. It is, because if you don't, they they don't give you anything. It's just a let's play. Paul doesn't really know anything, or at least he leads you to believe he doesn't know anything. Yeah, Paul's whole thing evolves like the game evolves. Yeah, it's a growing organism, and that's the absolute best way. They could not have described that better. Um, That is probably the most accurate description I've ever seen of this. Um, it's confusing, even for somebody like us who have gone. We've gone through these dozens of times, and we still don't know a hundred percent. There's still debates, and that's what makes it great. And I think that's what makes it successful. We were analyzing the shit out of episode thirteen before the end of the semester, and everything that I personally analyzed and theorized when I got fourteen. I feel like was all debunked and that's the fun of it at that episode. Yeah. Yeah, Like I've got some things that I was definitely wrong about. I've got some things that I, I definitely kind of feel strongly about, but that's the, it's a rabbit hole. I still don't know. And it's why it's so much goddamn fun. (laughs) Yeah. There's so many characters that come in and out of this and they all know each other and they all interact with each other in a certain way. And the, and there's no jump scares. There's maybe like one or two, but this is not based on something like that. Like Doki Doki Literature Club is there to work its jump scares in in a fun way and everything. It's got the music that sets yeah. the mood. This game is mostly silent. Yeah, and, and it has it, that mood to it. It's a vibe. It's I you know it's I'm confusion. not easily freaked out, but when you are watching Petscop by yourself in a room like this when it's dark. And all you can hear is that air conditioner that you can hear in the background. And you're just while you're hearing that is pitter patter and just like all these it, it's it's creepy as fuck. It really is. But it's beautifully done. And uh shout out to the people who've done this. I think I've even read the uh people have like realized that they upload these videos at just totally random times of day between yeah. just just to like throw people off still there's no pinpointing i mean look at the most recent ones we were anticipating things and we'll get more in depth with it as we continue but we were anticipating certain dates in the summer yeah did be happen. important and nothing happened nope. and it's a i'm not gonna lie it genuinely upset me i am 23 years old it <laughs> genuinely pissed me off that a youtube channel didn't upload a video on a day that i thought they would and that's the moment where i kind of stepped back and i was like wow they they're really doing something that's amazing yeah. i not to mention like episode 14 was like at what probably like 5 p.m ish when i got it it was around six i think when i got the notification yeah that sounds about right unless and, and then like what was it? Probably 15 hours later, episode 15 was just suddenly there too. Yeah. I guess we should probably cut it off there because there's really nothing more to say at this point other than my cat is now out there pouting. 
And uh, this recording is 59 minutes. It is officially 11.27 in the p.m. on Sunday night. And we both have to work tomorrow. So at this point, I'm Chili Cheese J. That's Creepy Pete. What up, what up? And this has been the debut episode of Petscop, a lame-ass gamer's investigation. Pro tip, first time we have referred to it as its name rather than just LAG Network on a podcast. Oh my god, you're right. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> so we're only what? Like probably three Yeah, we're only three three months in? in three months into this thing and we've <laughs> never once referred to this network as the lame ass gamers radio network. Because LAG radio network is just more comfortable to say. On that note, uh, you can find us on Patreon, patreon.com slash LAG the LAG the LAG network. God damn. We're on Facebook, Facebook.com slash the LAG network. And we are on Twitter, which I need to start doing more with, which is at the LAG Network. Um, you can find us on, damn, we're on a lot of things now. Stitcher, Probably of like, course, SoundCloud, yeah. which hosts us, iTunes. I put us on an app called Radio Public, which the app is phenomenal. I highly recommend the Radio Public app. It actually, you know how we put our individual pictures for each of our podcasts? Yeah. Those are the pictures that app shows. Oh, that's cool. Whereas okay. if like iTunes, iTunes it's just going to show the LAG lab. logo. Yeah. So I highly recommend the Radio Public app. You can find us there. Um, easy to navigate to and lots of podcasts on there. We are on Google Play and I tried Spotify and it's just too much of a pain in the ass. So I said, fuck it. But we have other options out there for yeah. Android listeners. Uh, yeah. Spotify. Which Radio Public is a, and I think you can get that on Android as well. Stitcher. Google Stitches, Play, of course. Android, so. yeah. So you can find us here, there, and everywhere. Um, I think this is the only podcast we're putting out this week because, Jesus Christ, we have put a shitload of work into this thing. And, uh, yeah. Labor of love, this thing is. <laughs> oh, but it's going to be a phenomenal project. So, next week, we start on the next one. We'll take a few days off and not think about Pet Scott. <laughs> Just recover for a little bit. Yeah. Rebirth. Rebirth. That's a good place to end it. <laughs>